Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jake, what's going on, my friend? How are you? Hello, friends. Let me uh, let me turn this bad boy around real quick. My hair is going crazy. Um, been up since like four o'clock this morning. Doing good, man. You know who else didn't fall for the bait on the Utah, Florida? I remember coming on here like two weeks ago and saying, "Listen, guys, you don't think Utah knows Cam Risen's hurt? You don't think they know like this is some sort of surprise to everybody out there?" And I think Florida's center being out too. Not a lot of people talked about that as well. Not, not that they didn't have guys they could kick inside, and you know the protection wasn't great. Struggled a little bit on the edge. Uh, but look, Utah is a team. I mean, there's a lot of stuff at play over there. The elevation, you're 4,600 feet above sea level. Gainesville's 147 feet. If you've ever played in elevation, it's different than humidity. There's a reason Utah was puking up Gatorade halfway through the first quarter last year in the swamp. And you could see Florida was just getting – and it's not just physical mistakes that happen. It's the mental mistakes, right? The crowd noise mixed with the elevation. The saddest part is for Florida, though, Chris, you had a lot of self-inflicted wounds. If you go out and play that game clean, that's that's a touchdown or less game. That may be a field goal game. You missed a field goal. You fall start on the first third and one on the first drive that turns into a three and out. You give Utah the ball. Look, they hit you on the, the – Kyle Winningham pulled an old vet move. You know when the best time to throw a deep shot is? The first play of the game with your third-string quarterback off play action. <laughs> now, I thought Florida did a good job against the run, but if you look at Utah formationally, they had a lot of condensed formations. They had a lot of people in the box. They were in a lot of what we call ace-off, where you have two tight ends on either on both sides, and they're off in the hip. You do that for protection some. You do that to kind of manipulate the tendencies down the road, even though it's the first game. But look, Utah didn't turn the ball over. Florida did, and I consider that penalty on special teams on fourth and four with two guys with the same number. That's a turnover. It's exactly like a turnover. That's what it is. You you have physical mistakes, right? Holdings, face masks. That stuff happens. That's part of the game. But the procedural penalties, especially in big moments, you missed a field goal. But the most underrated player on the field last night did not play offense. He did not play defense. It was the punter for Utah. Had six punts, averaged 54 yards a punt including a 72-yarder that flipped the field, had three downed inside the 20. He controlled the field position. They controlled the line of scrimmage. Florida can't run the ball. Like you said, Graham Mertz, I didn't think he played terrible at all. Now, he was a little sped up on the short game, but I thought his intermediate game, I thought the vertical game, I thought the versatility formation-wise and play-calling-wise for Billy Napier, Napier and them early was good. I thought it was good. They would line up in 12 personnel. They'd get up and run a gap scheme run, zone scheme run. Jet sweep, get into empty. There was times where Utah wasn't covering the wide receiver until right before the snap because the formations kept changing. So I, I thought Florida had a chance. I thought they could actually run with them a little bit. But when you self-inflict wounds on the road like that, 
you're not going to win the game. And Utah played clean. Now, I tell you what, Utah going to Baylor, that could be a different story. One punch man's out there just not saying a word, staring at everybody. I'm just telling you, don't be shocked if Baylor finds a way against Utah. But I tell you what, I do want to say, Chris, we talked about betting, right? We said, listen, ride the lightning. You best believe this is what we do. Last night, I hit him for 530 on three different parlays. Hit him for 530. I'm going to go through him real quick if you don't mind. It's your show. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Nebraska, Minnesota under 43 and a half. <laughs> that was like stealing. I could not have taken that at 23 and a half. Minnesota money line, Utah money line. The under Utah 44 and a half. UConn plus 14 and a half over UCF, Kent State uh, 55 and a half. That was 10 for 250. Second one, I hit him the over 58 and a half UCF game. UConn plus 15, Utah money line, Nebraska plus seven and a half, under 40, Utah 46 and a half. Hit that one for 180. The next one, over on the UCF at 58 and a half. I also like to live dangerously. I'll stay on 16. <laughs> NC State money line, Utah money line, the under and 40, Utah 45 and a half, Nebraska plus seven and a half. Get me paid. Five, dirty five thirty. You, you broke the bookie last night. I, I I did see those picks. It was either late last night or this morning, and and you crushed. You crushed. So I, I'm gonna be hot. keeping. I, I stay. Hey, get hot. Stay hot. Don't look back. Right. Ride the hot hand when you can. Jake, you know it's college football season when I got a screenshot this morning from your show, but it just made me think. You know it's college football season when after the first game we're running polls. Of will Billy Napier make it through the end of the season? Like, like we're already talking about. It took one game. Your thoughts on the pressure surrounding him, and what was the reaction to you guys asking that question? And what was, what are your thoughts on just his status? Because I mean, you you can't fire him, right? No. Thirty one million. No. no, and and I said, I mean, I opened the show one time during the summer talking about Florida Panthers. You're gonna, you're gonna have to be patient with Billy Napier, right? You look at that buyout number one. You don't want to get in this cycle of recycling coaches because eventually nobody's going to want to go there as crazy as that sounds in Florida. I don't think Lane's going there, right? I think that's what they're looking at this morning. Lane Kiffin already almost hadn't played a game. Lane Kiffin's already getting looked at by Florida. Obviously, Urban's not going back there. They're not making a Swamp Kings too, even though that puff piece would probably be good for Gator Nation right now. But look, you know, I don't think people realize with Dan Mullen that, yeah, the depth was an issue, but the culture was a disaster. I mean, it was a soap opera between him and the coaching staff, him and Todd Grantham. It was like I was watching one of those Spanish channels, you know, they just run in the door and start screaming at each other. Uh, and that culture takes the longest time to develop. The three pillars of winning, recruiting, development, culture. Culture takes the longest. And it's a tough loss at Utah. I've got Florida going three and nine. I had him at the beginning. I, I, I don't feel any better about it or any worse about it after watching him against Utah. I think Graham Mertz played a little bit better than what I thought he was going to play. But we'll see how that team holds together. But no, you can't fire Billy Napier. And the sad part is the schedule gets even worse next year. But I, as I told Florida fans, you want to feel a little bit better? Go look at their recruiting class right now. Go look at that commit list. Because if you slice Billy, you pony up enough money to slice Billy, they're going to go by. They're going bye-bye. And then you have to, to rebuild everything again, even though it is Florida. So Billy's not going anywhere, but fan is short for fanatical. I think 56% of our audience thought that Florida should fire Billy Napier. Uh, just absolutely ridiculous. If people knew like actually what went in to like having to run a program, um, I, it, you know, I guess it's the same way, you know, people yelling at the customer service person that had nothing to do with their problem. I guess it's kind of the same thing, but I think Florida will be fine in the long run. Had it, had it Columbus get over here, had to go through some choppy waters, man. Had to go through some choppy waters. Got to be able to see the beach through the forest, Chris, Chris, 
not Christ. Do you, do you worry? Do you worry about that recruiting class staying together if if this season really gets gets sideways? Is that something that um you think yeah, look, to be bad if, or what? Look, if they go three and nine like I have them, you're going to lose some guys. But you know, the early signing period's a good thing. Money talks. They've obviously been able to pony up enough to compete. You'll lose some guys. You'll lose some battles late. Uh, but continuity at the end of the day typically wins out. And if they know who's going to be there and the guy they commit to is going to be there, it's Florida, right? We're not talking about, you know, SMU, right? <laughs> We're not talking about Boise State. We're talking about Florida. So Florida recruits itself. I think they'll be fine. But you want all the momentum you can have. And look, it's a long season. But that Florida schedule, man, it's like getting, it's like getting j- jumped by a group of ninjas. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now, Jake, there are some out there that want me to nickname you Five and Seven Jake, just FYI. And you what? know where I'm going. Yeah, yeah. Five yeah, and like, seven okay, Jake. Okay, like I've never went five and seven a year in my life. So go ahead and, yeah. <laughs> but you have right picked there. five and seven. That that brings us, you know exactly where I'm going with this. Yeah. A week ago today, and 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 smart of you, smart of you to wait while I was out of town, by the way. But we're going to get around to this. Your SEC picks. You guys over at Crane & Company dropped your full SEC predictions. For the second consecutive year, you've got the Gamecocks going five and seven. You've got them three and five in SEC play. So I'm going to give you the floor. Talk about this. Why was five and seven the pick? And have you learned nothing from Shane Beamer yet? First off, I love Shane Beamer. Uh, he, he, you know, I talked about South Carolina's entrance the other day on Twitter. Absolutely love it. Coached against him up there. It's absolutely ruckus. Uh, but look, I don't, I don't go on emotion. I don't go on on trends. I don't go on what happened last year. I look at this year, and I look, and I look at South Carolina. And look, what South Carolina did at the end of the year last year, I don't think anybody expected that. You know, I'm was two games away from being pretty much right on the money. Uh, but they won the game. Right. People win games. People lose games. You're the right or you're the wrong. So when I look at this schedule and just can, can you go, can you go through it for me? Can you go, can you go through it? I, I don't have it pulled up right. I just want people to understand where I'm coming from here. Yes. Yes. Give me, I'm going to make sure. Go we ahead. Have, but here's what yeah. I'm saying. I I think Spencer Rattler has, has made a huge jump off the field, which has affected him positively on the field. But here's where I think South Carolina's weak at up front on both sides of the ball. And I think any rational South Carolina fan, and you've said this yourself, is worried. But I'm not worried about Spencer Rattler. I'm really not. But guess what? Quarterbacks can't operate at maximum efficiency if you can't protect them and you can't run the ball. This is not basketball. This is not baseball. This is not golf. One person cannot go out there and play well while everybody else doesn't 
and win the game. That's the closest we've ever seen to that's Cam Newton, right? And there were still some guys that helped him out. So when I look at this South Carolina roster on the offensive line, you feel great about it going up against the schedule you're going up against? That front seven, you feel great about it going up against that schedule you're going up against? Look, South Carolina special teams save South Carolina. That's Beamer Ball, right? But you can't, as a special teams coordinator for six years at the Division One level, you cannot rely on that consistently year in and year out to bail you out of games. It's just not going to happen. So when I look at this schedule, I think Spencer Rattler's going to play well. I like the Joiner kid. I think he can play. But if you cannot protect and you cannot block and you cannot stop the run and you struggle to rush the passer, you are not going to win. And what happened at the end of last year was huge and it was great for South Carolina. I hope I'm wrong. I love Shane Beamer. And guess what? Next year, when I pick him to go 8-4 and four or 9-3, and three, I'm going to be y'all's best friends. But I'll tell you like I tell people on the show, if I want to make people happy, I'd sell ice cream for a living, but I don't. So the schedule looks like this, Jake, just to go down it real quickly. Obviously, North Carolina tomorrow night in Charlotte, a huge season opener, tone setter, what have you. Then you've got Furman at Georgia, Mississippi State at Tennessee, then your bye week. Then you have Florida at home, who we saw last night, mm -hmm. at Missouri, at Texas A&M, brutal two-week stretch there. Jacksonville State at home. Uh, you close out with four straight home games, by the way. Jacksonville State, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Clemson. So, like you mentioned, one of the toughest schedules in college football, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, even the non-conference. Look at Jacksonville State. That's not going to be a walk in the park with what they got coming over there in, sandwiched in between those games. It's a battle of attrition, right? This is my main point. South Carolina may come out and beat North Carolina this weekend. To be honest with you, for Shane, I hope they do. I picked North Carolina. I actually took the over at 63 and a half. I'll take that. I'm rooting for offense in this game. I think it's going to come down to a field goal. I think it's a coin flip game. South Carolina can win that game and still go five and seven, right? When you look at that schedule, the Missouri game is huge. That game is massive. Vanderbilt, y'all will beat Vandy. I've got y'all beating Florida, which I don't think that game's going to be as easy as what I thought it was going to be, as crazy as that sounds. If they play undisciplined, then they won't win it. But I don't think five and seven is some crazy record to throw out there i know south carolina fans won't agree with me that's okay you shouldn't the standard at south carolina should be higher but at the end of the day south carolina hadn't sent me a check auburn hadn't sent me a check bam hadn't sent me a check ohio state michigan and notre dame hadn't sent me a check i'm just going to tell you what i think and when i look at that schedule and I look at that offensive line losing nickels hurts man god that hurts so bad but when i look at that schedule mixed with the personnel in the trenches i got five and seven chris and i'll be the first just like i was last year I'll be the first one to come back here and say, you know, congratulations, congratulations, if I'm wrong, right? But don't let me be right. Don't let me be right and come back on here. Y'all see, I read receipts on the show today about that Utah game. <laughs> if if it's going to click where South Carolina, let's say, overachieves your, your expectations, let's say they get to seven wins, maybe eight, God forbid more. I mean, is it as simple as just the offensive line came together, the defensive front was better than expected? Is it just really that simple for South Carolina? If it, to me, it had to be a combination of things. Uh, obviously, special teams being huge, winning yeah. that special teams battle in a big way, week in and week out. Uh, I think you're going to have to catch some breaks on the road, have some teams not play very well. And yes, the offensive line and the defensive line will have to punch above their weight. But most importantly, you have to avoid the injury bug. And in the SEC, and, and y'all's, I mean, God, y'all's non-conference schedule. Speaking about getting jumped by ninjas, that's like getting jumped by, you know, the 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 what the Yakuza. I mean, that's a that's a tough situation. You, hey, you, you mentioned but, Jacksonville State, by the way, Jake. I don't know if you knew this. Furman's also a preseason top ten team. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, FCS. I mean, FCS. But still. if I'm Shane Beamer, 
Whoever made that schedule, I'm walking in there. I'm opening the door. I'm closing the door. I'm sitting down. Getting hey, you want to, here? You want something to drink? Oh, you want a coffee? Yeah, get this person a water. You're fired. <laughs> the Spurs Up Show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Yeah, Furman won last night, by the way, against Tennessee Tech, 45-10. to 10. So they'll be coming in the game 1-0. And you got to prepare Columbia. for that rich ride. Let's go 1,000 miles per hour with, a, with that web kid that can run. Oh, God, just the worst. Like, See, this is why you don't to, – to me, I'm scheduling the worst teams. The worst, I'm not scheduling any of the military schools. I'm not dealing with triple option. Man, hell no. You can forget that. I'm not scheduling any school that's based on a religion. Nobody fights harder for longer than those guys that, you know, playing for the afterlife. And I'm not playing anybody that runs some crazy alternate offense or some crazy defense. Man, somebody scheduled Tennessee State. Golly. Well, Jake, let's talk about this South Carolina-North Carolina game. First things first, I think it's interesting. You're hammering the over. I'm hammering the under. I, 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 think, I think this game, and one of us will be right, one of us will be wrong, so be it. I see this game. I've locked in my pick, by the way. I've got 31 to 27 South Carolina. I, I think this game gets off to somewhat of a slower start than we're expecting because, and here's why, Jake, because I look at it. A pair of quarterbacks that ceilings are extremely high, but both can be very inconsistent. Two brand new OCs, two shoddy offensive lines, two questionable running games. No Tez Walker for UNC. Juice Wells is playing for South Carolina, but he dealt with a foot injury in the offseason, does it linger at all? I don't, you know, Shane Beamer said he's good to go. But because of all those questions and college game day, 7.30 prime time, like the, the adrenaline's pumping, I, I could just, I could see it almost being a sloppy start and it being like 14 to 10 or, or mm-hmm. even 17 to 14 at halftime. And if you're telling me, Jake, you're giving me, you know, a 35 to 28 score hits the under. You're giving me nine touchdowns. I, I just... I'm taking it. I'm, what did I'm you get? Wait, so what did you get that? What are you taking the under at? What did you get at 64 Well, and a I half? got it at 64, but I obviously would take 64 and a half as well. So um, um, here's yeah, my line ahead. of thinking. Here's my line yeah. of thinking. And I don't think you're crazy. And also, I, also I, too, Jake, one more thing. I, I trust I trust the South Carolina secondary to not just get gutted in this game. Like, Drake May is going to get his. Don't get me wrong. And they've got really nice tight ends. They've got nice – I'm like, they've got nice weapons offensively. Mm-hmm. But, like, man, I, I'd just be really surprised if South Carolina secondary was just – you know what I mean? Like, that yeah, would surprise I, yeah. me. Anyways, I'll let you go. I've, this isn't a great game to to bet 
spread wise. I, I think it's it's a it's a total game. It, it's yeah. a total bet. And here's here's my two lines of thinking. In one way, I can see I can see you being right, and I have it at thirty eight thirty five. That's what I have it. 38, 35, 41, 38, yeah. somewhere around there. Um, the, the way I see it, it's like this. South Carolina, I think, has got to make a decision. The only way you can try and contain Drake May is you've got to let him be. If he's going to beat you, he's got to beat you in the pocket, throwing the ball. You cannot let him break. Him and Caleb Williams are the two best quarterbacks in the country on the scramble drill when the play breaks down. That's when Drake May really guts you, right? He can throw off platform. He can throw rolling right. He can watch all his highlights. How many of them are throwing from inside the pocket? Now, that doesn't mean he can't throw for 350 sitting inside the pocket. He really can. He really can. But if South Carolina makes a decision to say, hey, with the new clock rule, maybe the best way to stop Drake May is to keep him off the field. Maybe we run this play clock down a little bit. Maybe we try and run it a little bit more. Maybe we try and keep the ball in bounds and keep him on the sidelines and limit his possessions. What do exorcists and defensive and offensive coordinators want to do to other good offenses? They want to limit possessions. Just ask Russell Crowe. So I can see that in, in, in one vein of, of that happening. And I got told by a great sports better, guy I trust a lot, that when you have two great offenses playing against each other, take the under. When you have two great defenses playing against each other, take the over. And most of the time, he's right. But I think you got two offenses that are, that are above average, that can be above average, especially if the offensive lines play well, playing against bad defenses. I don't think either one of these front sevens. North Carolina, I think, running game is going to be pretty. They got two pretty good backs. I would take North Carolina's offensive line over South Carolina's right now. But the way I feel, both these quarterbacks know this game is about them. It's about them, and it's about them throwing. I think Spencer's underrated as a runner. I really think he is. I would not be shocked to see Spencer Rattler have two rushing touchdowns in this game when the play breaks down. I do feel like there's going to be shots taken. Right, I, I think they're going to try and push the ball down the field to open up that run game. You may, ha in this game, have two teams that pass to set up the run. And when that happens, you get a lot of incompletions. The passes stop. You get a lot of chunk plays. Now, the winner of this game, just like the one in the LSU-Florida State game, when you have two teams that are, that are somewhat similar, uh, I, I believe that it's who's going to score touchdowns in the red zone and who's going to kick field goals. But I do think that both these offenses are going to move the ball. I think they're going to take shots. That's why I like the over. I just think these quarterbacks are too good. Pass rush is going to be huge. And turnovers and then special teams. Is South Carolina going to sneak a touchdown on special teams? We'll see. So you've locked in UNC as your pick, like you mentioned, 38-35, 41-38, what have you. Yeah. Key, key to the game. Like, do you, do you see – I know quarterback play, we're all focused on Rattler and May, and I think it obviously has the potential mm -hmm. to be the quarterback duel of the weekend, especially if these two guys – are at their best. And I mean, what I love to see South Carolina's defense, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm everybody likes somebody. I'd love to see the Gamecocks pitch a shutout, but I'd also love to see a good old fashioned back and mm -hmm. forth, just quarterback duel. It's like a pitcher's duel, man. Just seeing two guys go at it who are the best at their craft outside of the quarterbacks though, Jake, because I feel like that's the low hanging fruit. Is there a key in this game that you're looking for that you think in a, in, in such a close game, coin flip game, obviously by your predictions. And I think by most, What's going to be the difference maker in this? What does the winner of this game do to secure victory? They're able to run the ball consistently. They're able to convert on third and short by running the ball. Everybody's going to be talking about the passing game, as you mentioned, and they should. Everybody's going to be talking about Drake May. They're going to be talking about Spencer Rattler. You're going to see it's going to be a showdown, all the graphics before the game. Spencer Rattler versus Drake May. Look at the numbers. This game is going to come down to who on third and one or who on first and ten can line up and rush for four. Because the minute you do that and the defense has to start to respect it, that's going to enhance what that quarterback can do by a thousand. We talk about balance, right? 
Balance keeps you on the beam. And balance to me is more than just run pass. It's decision-making. But if I'm able to run the ball, I'm able to keep you even. If I'm able to keep you even, I'm able to keep you honest. That means I'm controlling the box. That means I like my numbers. That means on first down, I can run play action. I can run boot. I can hit guys in the flat. I can hit them on the over. I can take my shot on second and two because I feel good about, enough about lining up on third and two and being able to run the ball without having to sit here and sweat my ass off on fourth and one or fourth and a half yard. So with all the talk about the passing game, the running game is going to decide this. I would say that. Uh, that, And then the second biggest one is what I mentioned earlier. This game is not going to be won by teams that kick field goals when they get into the red zone. Offensive coordinators are not paid to move the ball in between the 20s and kick field goals. They're paid to convert on third down, and they're paid to score touchdowns when they get in the red zone. That's when you you want to know how to find out if you've got a good offensive coordinator. How well does the offense do when the field shrinks? How well do they do when the, the whole Waffle House menu isn't open? Field goals are losses in this game, in my opinion. It's teams that can score, and not just you're not going to hit every play from 70 yards out. There'll be a couple of those, 50 yards out, 45 yards out. When you're first and 10 from the 12, can you put the ball in the rectangle with the painted name in it? That's what it's going to come down to. The Battle of the Carolinas tomorrow night in Charlotte. And, Jake, just some key numbers or key things to think about. I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but what I'm looking most for to South Carolina, one of the worst in college football last year. I didn't even realize this until we dove in the nitty-gritty and we're doing, like, our defensive previews, and I almost couldn't mm-hmm. believe it. They're one of the worst in college football at getting teams off the field. Third down, you know, the third down percentage that offenses were converting against them. And to your point, when you can't stop the run, well, you're not getting a lot of stops on third and three, third and two, what have you. So I think that, I think it was like 46% they were allowing. Just outrageous numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And North Carolina can't tackle anybody. They, here's it. You want to know a crazy stat, Chris? And look, it's a new year, new circumstance. North Carolina had 17 sacks all year last year. You know how many Pitt had? 46. Like, just 17 sacks with that talent on the defensive line. If that happens, Spencer Rattler, he'll rip them up and down like Freddy Krueger. <laughs> I was going to say also, too, North Carolina, for as good as they were last year offensively, they struggled in the red zone. I think they were 108th in scoring and 122nd in rushing in the red zone specifically. So, a couple of key areas to watch in that game tomorrow night, but you're locking in. You've got UNC. I've got South Carolina. Both of us very close, obviously. Going to be a lot of fun in Charlotte. Jake, let's look at the rest of the week one slate because there are some intriguing games. A lot of cupcakes, obviously. Let's just go straight to the Plains because it's no secret you're an Auburn man. I've got UMass plus 35. Dude, I got it at 37 and a half. The minute that you came are, out, yeah. I took it. I yeah. think I, actually, yeah. I was going to say, I think I actually saw you tweet about that. So thankfully, you're not you're not you're not going to be ripping me to shreds for that pick. But we're all expecting Auburn's going to get the win. But game one of a new head coach, man. Yeah, five touchdowns feels like a lot. And UMass has got a capable quarterback. That the the kid that transferred in right, he was at Clemson and Georgia Tech, I believe. I could see that game being kind of dicey at halftime, maybe early third quarter. But what's your most looking forward to? I'll just say from game one of the Hugh Freeze era. Well, I, I want to see the way the offense is, is kind of blended, right? You have that Hugh Freeze RPO system with Phil Montgomery, the old coach at Tulsa, coming over as the OCs from that Art Bryles, wide splits, crazy combinations. I think Auburn's offense is going to look a little bit like Tennessee schematically. The tempo, I'm interested to see it. Probably the main thing is does Peyton Thorne run well enough to be able to operate that RPO offense efficiently where he's just a threat to run it, right? You don't have to be... Michael Vick or Lamar Jackson running the ball to be, to be effective. Is he effective enough to be able to pull it at any point, 
hold that backside defensive end that'll help out the offensive line and the running back or get that nickels eyes or that linebacker that intermediate defender slot corners eyes manipulated to where that that uh you know, slot, uh, slot receiver can get that extra step. That's what I want to see a combination of those things. And the reason I took the 37 and a half, look, I don't think people realize Don Brown last year had a bunch of scientists, insurance salesmen and PE teachers running around on defense out of top 10 defense <laughs> in the country. All right. This dude's been doing this since Gandalf helped Frodo get to Mordor. So uh, 37 and a half is a lot with a new team that's trying to develop chemistry. Uh, I, I like Auburn in this game, you know, 38, 17, Somewhere around there, you know, maybe 41, 17. I like him covering the 37 and a half. But um, I'm interested to see, you know, Jarquez Hunter in playing. The running back, the, the backup they got, the Jamari Austin kid from Texas is, is a really nice player. Uh, and I think UMass is going to try and sit on the ball. Their quarterback's a runner first. He threw it a little bit better than what I thought last week. But, look, New Mexico State turned the ball over three times, and, and uh, UMass turned it in to 17 points. That was the difference in that game. So I think they're going to try and sit on the ball with the new clock rules uh, and, and try and limit possessions, and, and I think that will make the cover easier. Jarquez Hunter, is he out, Jake, due to suspension, injury? What's the status of, of him? Well, suspension for <laughs> – video purposes right right well i i knew the reason for the suspension if there was one but yeah okay we'll leave it at that yeah. uh rest of the best or best of the rest i should say let's just jump straight to lsu florida state and then we'll get in the rest because it's kind of cupcake weekend to a degree but lsu florida state is the headliner of week one um i've got the lsu tigers jake what are mm-hmm. you most looking forward to what's your pick how do you see this game shaking out and just how big of a game is this for both of these respective sides well i i've called it the biggest insurance game of of the season because it's week one, it's against an out-of-conference opponent. Both these teams, I think, are going to do well during the regular season. So if you lose this game, you can still run the table and be able to make the college football playoff, in my opinion. It's all the way in week one. It'd be a hell of a loss if there ever is such a thing. I don't believe in it, but if we're ever going to say there is, this is it. And if you win it, I do think it kind of buys you a loss. LSU's got to go to Bama, right? Florida State's got to go to Clemson. So if you win this one, this can kind of even you out. Let's say LSU loses, uh, uh, wins this game goes and loses to Bama and Tuscaloosa, and they're 11-1 and one and don't win the West. Bama loses to Georgia, has two losses. That 11-1 and one LSU team with a Florida State team that's probably going to be playing for a conference championship, uh, that, that's a good-looking loss, and it's early, so you have enough time to move back up in the eyes of the committee and, and vice versa with Florida State. I like LSU in this game, 34-31. Uh, I, I tell you what, man, speaking of the red zone, I think the most valuable player for each team is going to be the tight end. I hate to bring up a, a sore subject in Jaheim Bell, but having him in the red zone, he's a monster. He can do so many different things, and that's the matchup nightmare for you as a D.C. Mason Taylor for LSU. They're athletic enough to run by your linebackers, and they're big enough to bully your safety and jump and go get a rebound. And in the red zone, a lot of times, that's the matchup you're looking at. It's in the middle of the field. You spread everything out because it is a game of matchups, right? It's like Tinder. It's a game of matchups. How do you feel about Johnny Wilson over 66 and a half receiving yards? You, you said he's the, no, you, he's you the, know, if he's the running giraffe or something, I think. Yeah, the way he's, he a, yeah he's a giraffe. He's a giraffe on roller skates <laughs> out there. I mean, good luck. He's a power forward for the Bucks out there playing. Uh, I, you know, people say, oh, be careful with Johnny Wilson because they got Keon Coleman now and Jaheim Bell. Look, the more you can't double everybody. So yeah. I think having other good receivers actually helps that. So you said 66 and a half. Yeah, 66 and a half receiving. And Robert yeah. De Niro and them out there, they just they just scare me with the player props. They just know I'm just don't want to get led into a cornfield and beat to death with aluminum bat. Um I like it. I would take it. I would feel better about taking it than not taking it. Because Johnny Wilson, he doesn't catch a lot of screens. 
right? When they throw him the ball, it's down the field. So you could get he could have two receptions for 80 yards the way that the, the way that they run him. And then Keon Coleman, they put him on the same side in trips, or they'll probably isolate him. A lot of people don't realize when you go three by one or trips open, the reason you're doing that is for the solo side, not the three-man side, because you're trying to create that matchup. Jake, the rest of the week one slate looks like this. Tennessee, Virginia, Kentucky, Ball State, Arkansas, Western Carolina, Ole Miss, Mercer, Mississippi State, Southeast Louisiana, Georgia, UT Martin, A&M in New Mexico, Vandy, Alabama A&M, and Alabama and Middle Tennessee State. Do any of those games do anything for you? I think, obviously, the the the, the biggest of those of the cupcakes, I think, is the Alabama quarterback situation. Jalen Milrow has been named mm. QB1. Just before you jumped on, I saw your comments on Twitter about you were somewhat surprised. Yeah. Um, but what's your most looking forward to from those other games? Because, again, I think they're all games that we're expecting every SEC team basically to, to handle with ease, but – any storylines within those you're most looking forward to catching tomorrow and throughout the weekend? Yeah. Well, one of my best friends is the OC at New Mexico, uh, so I'm, I'm hoping they have a good showing on offense. But it, speaking about that game, I want to see the the Jimbo Fisher, you know, the, the Bobby Fisher offense, you know, searching for Bobby Fisher's offense. You know, Connor Wegman, how does it look? They should be they, – they, I think they're going to be improved. I think AM's going to have a decent year, uh, which means eight and four. Uh, insert joke here, but yeah, it's the Alabama game, right? Uh, it's I love the over at 51 and a half there because they're going to play multiple quarterbacks. You had to start somebody. So they're trying to find out by week two, hopefully when Texas comes in, who operates the offense the best. Well, you have to let the quarterback actually operate the offense and throw the ball, even if you're up 38 to nothing halfway through the third quarter. So I, I like uh, the over in that game. I want to see how Milrow handles a, a bully ball pro-style offense. I mean, Nick keeps saying, going back to the old school Alabama mentality lineup, you know, middle finger runs. I just don't see Jalen Milrow as a drop-back pro-style passer unless he's just made this humongous jump, which, I mean, he's athletic enough to figure it out. But when he missed last year, it was like Bull Durham miss. It was like major league early Ricky Vaughn miss. Uh, so uh, I, I'm interested to see that he's unbelievably athletic. Now I think if you put Jalen Milrow in Auburn's system, then it's a it's a totally different story. But I mean Buckner's got some experience, but most of that experience is throwing to Stephon Gilmore's little brother at Marshall, and then you have Ty Simpson who hadn't played a game in college. So I I, I find it interesting. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna try and watch all of them. YouTube TV has multi view now, which is just the greatest. So just let me pick the channels though. Just let me pick the channels. That's all I ask. Don't tell me what to stream on those four different grids. Yeah, I'm on YouTube TV also, Jake. And I was going to say, mm. thankfully, neither you or I are on Spectrum because, my God. Oh, no. Of, dude, the amount of how are you watching the game text that I got was – and I'm like, it's on ESPN. Like, dude. what do you mean? Come to find out, Spectrum just pulls the rug out from like, right, everybody. No, like, we're, we're, we're squatting up. Like, I, <laughs> they said they're having an emergency meeting today. Oh, yeah, we're having an emergency meeting. Yeah. Me and the rest of the boys uh, are pulling up there in, in pickup trucks with pitchforks and torches, and I need some answers. Where's Mussolini at? I need to see him. <laughs> Final one, Jake. We got to talk about this one. Monday night, Clemson Duke. Just curious to get your thoughts. Uh, I believe that spread is, I think it's jumped to 13 and a half now, was 12 and a half for a while. But your thoughts, does Clemson get a scare from the Duke Blue Devils in Durham? Uh, well, I do want to say tomorrow we're having we're doing our own kind of game day style episode. We have Jeff Foxworthy as a picker uh, that that'll what? be up in the morning. Uh, yeah, well, I was gonna say what time is that? I, I want to tune in. Yeah, so we're sure. gonna drop it uh, at like normal time the show comes on. So six thirty a.m. Central, seven thirty a.m. Your guys' time on Cranny Company YouTube channel. Uh, Jeff's hilarious. So we're gonna do a guest picker uh, every weekend. Excited about that. 
Um, well, when I look at this game, Mike Elko, I, is, what they did last year was incredible. They returned most of their offensive line. Riley Leonard, I think, maybe the most underrated quarterback in the country. They do have some weapons on the outside. I do like the mix of Cade Klubnick and Garrett Riley, but I do not think you would be crazy to buy that up a point and take Duke plus 14 and a half. You're still having to mesh with the OC in the first game where he's calling it and you're balling it. Um, I do think Clemson is – here's the thing, Chris. When's Clemson's skill players outside – You know, not even t- I know Shipley's good. When are they going to get better? Like, where's T. Higgins at? Where's Mike Williams at? Where's Justin Ross at? I mean, when Will Shipley is your most dynamite skill position guy? I mean, listen, I'm all for Haru the Great White Ninja. Go out there and ball, cuz. I'm rooting for you. Break the stereotype. But at the end of the day, Clemson's not going to be able to do what Clemson wants to do and compete for national championships when they don't have the cats that can turn 50-50 balls into 70-30 balls. Now, I think they'll be able to find a way against Duke to win that game, but it feels kind of like that NC State-UConn game a little bit, right? Where UConn just hung around and hung around and lost by 10. So I don't think you'd be crazy to buy that up a point, take Duke plus 14 and a half. I don't know what the over-under is. I may stay away from that. Uh, but but I do think Clemson's going to have a good year. I, I really do believe that. Jake, game you're most excited to watch that's sort of under the radar. Is there anything that jumps out to you that maybe nobody's talking about that, that you're excited to get a look at this team or that team or what have you? Um, I, I would say like looking at, looking at teams wise, um, not really that there's not one that I'm just super like, man, I just, I can't wait to see what this team has. Actually, you know what? Texas tech against Wyoming. Uh, I'm really high on Texas tech this year. I know Wyoming isn't exactly the, the steel curtain bears, but I want to see that offense operate with what Joey McGuire has now. And the way that defense is upgraded. I got him playing Texas in the big 12 championship game. I got him beating Oregon week two. So I really want to see what they have, but a couple dog bets that, that I like, um, if you don't mind, Chris, I really like North Texas at home against Cal. They're plus 200 cows. It's going to be 180 degrees in Texas. Uh, North Texas, a team that, you know, remember that heartbreaker they lost the conference championship against UTSA last year. They're going to be really good on offense. I think they're going to be just good enough on defense. I like them to beat Cal. I think they're plus six and a half right now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked to see that go down. Uh, but I would take, I would take North Texas on the money line. And also when that's a little bit close, close, you know, to South Carolina, I like the old Dominion Virginia Tech over as well. Um, old Dominion has Fordham's OC and their quarterback. They go warp speed. They average like 600 yards a game, something nuts last year. I don't think Virginia Tech's defense is going to be as good, and Old Dominion's defense is a Swiss cheese factory. Allie Jennings is going to go nuts. I think Grant Wells will have a big game. But I would say Texas Tech. And uh, also, don't be afraid to pound Hawaii tonight, plus 135 at home, playing for a lot. I don't believe in Stanford. This isn't a, this isn't a debate on you know industry and the, the, the reconstruction period. So I, I feel good about Hawaii. Jake Crane of Crane and Company. Jake, you guys have content bleeding out of the eyeballs, as mm-hmm. I like to say. Let folks know exactly what's going on. Obviously, week one of the college football season, you mentioned the college game day style of show, which I think will be a great watch before college game day on ESPN begins. I'm surely going to tune in, but you guys do a Sunday show as well. Just let the people know what you guys are up to and where they can check you out. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. We need we need to get you on uh, this next week uh, as as well after this South Carolina North Carolina game, especially if they win, so you can talk your ish. But uh, yeah, man, go to go to Crane and Company. We do a live. We t- we talk a ton of college football and NFL. That that's really what we're focused on. We're going to hit some of the Major League Baseball playoffs uh, as we get down the stretch. I just watched the Braves destroy everybody. Just Dude, Ronald Acuna. 
crazy. I wish we'd man. play bad for a couple weeks. Just play bad for a couple <laughs> weeks and get out of our system. We've been playing good for yeah. too long. It's yeah. baseball. Uh, but yeah, just go to Crane and Company on YouTube. It's C R A I N and Company. We're less than a thousand subs away from a hundred thousand. Uh, we want to hit that number uh, before we get to the games this weekend. So please go over there and subscribe. Even if you don't like my South Carolina pick, we can scream at each other about it. But yeah, we got that game day style show tomorrow. We do a Sunday recap. We typically do it in the morning, but we're going to do it at 6 o'clock because we're going to live stream the Florida State and LSU game. Going to have some great food. Nice. Going to be talking ball, taking <clears> questions <throat> the whole time. Uh, you turn on the TV, turn the volume down, which half y'all want to do anyway with some of the announcers they got. And we're going to talk through it, uh, do, do some betting as well. So yeah, man, come check it out. Uh, it's a great time. And uh, Chris, my brother had su- successful uh, Achilles surgery. Uh, came out of that good. But unfortunately, the doctor said there's nothing they can do about his brain. He's just like that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Jake Crane at Crane & Company. Jake, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Congratulations. We made it. College football's here, man. Have a great week. I appreciate weekend. it. Always love coming on. Uh, love the Gamecock Nation. Uh, you're doing a hell of a job over there, man. Really loved catching you as much as humanly possible. And let's get you on the show next week. Yeah, man. Let's do it. I'm down. All right, let's buddy. See you. Bye, Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.